This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to part two of Glowing in Tech. Powered by Makers. And we are joined by the marvellous, the fabulous... Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we spoke about Azure, how Nelly managed to use open source to land a role in the UK and transition from being a girl from Kenya to going to the bright world of Burgess Hill in the UK. <laughs> so now I'd really love to ask you about what your biggest career challenge has been to date and how you overcame that. Yeah, I think for me it was when I moved. Um, when I when I moved from Kenya, like everything was completely new, and especially when I in the career perspective terms, it was difficult being in a place where I was the, you know, looking at myself. Everyone is different from me. Um, in the building, approximately maybe there were like seven hundred to eight hundred people, mm. and if I count the number of black people who were there, then it was three people. Wow. Yeah, two two, two women, Maureen and I, and Derek. And it was very daunting because I, I wasn't sure how to even interact or just to feel comfortable to be myself in that environment. Uh, and it's, and it, it, it I, I went into a shell, basically. Mm. Um, and especially because a lot of things about me well, also very new to the people I was working with. Um, from the way I talked to the way I um, I just carried myself. Um, nothing negative about it. It's just that you could tell also people when you meet someone new, they, there's a way you act towards mm, them. Like so the unwritten rules. Yeah, yeah, unwritten rules. And I think the culture change compared to how it was in Kenya, I could clearly see it. I feel like in the UK... Um, people have social groups and they stick to them mm -hmm. and it's much more harder to break those so I didn't feel like I knew people first of all because I was moving and I I was trying to make friends but I was happy that there was we were part of like a graduate group so that was a really mm. nice place to start off because a lot of us were coming from different parts of the world um, so we were all trying to you know meet each other get to know each other um, and in terms of my career I was I used to be an Android engineer when I was in Kenya and now I was transitioning to web development and it wasn't by choice at that particular point mm. in the team that I joined there were no opportunities for um, doing Android programming so I had to do web development and I don't think there was a I didn't have the opportunity to fight it because I didn't feel like I was, there was so much happening in my life at that time, especially getting to moving, getting to settle down. Um, so it took me, it, it just brought me further into like a shell. Mm. Yeah. And, and as I mentioned before, like my accent was another thing. So speaking up was also becoming like difficult. I'm very, I'm soft spoken. I would say that then I, I just became worse. Yeah. Like someone would tell me, oh Nelly, can you speak up? And I'm just like... <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, it's it's know? it's new job, it's new continent, it's new speciality, like new yeah. area of tech to work <laughs> in. Like, what did you do to kind of survive that? Yeah, I. First of all, I started creating a community around me and finding things that 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 people that that could resonate to it, mm. and you know, that really helped. And finding a community meant also telling people what I was struggling with, people that I trusted and who could have helped me. Um, it started off like, let's say, speaking with my boss about, you know, this is a new technology for me. I'm looking for opportunities where I can use my previous experience. I used to do Android, which was Java, Java. So I was able to continue doing some bits of Java here and there mm-hmm. as I learned that. And also, this took a lot, but changing my frame, my my of reference in terms of thinking about this as like this is just going to help me get to the next level and as well as i'm learning the different things i'm learning doesn't necessarily have to be like web development it can be just learning how to work in a team learning um how to how the product works how amex works at Mm. at that time it meant learning how to make friends i yeah making friends as an adult is difficult but learning that is so hard (laughs) Yeah, so it's changing that mindset. But also, I don't think I had grace for myself then. But this Mm -hmm. is just like looking back. I didn't have grace with myself. I just kept on. Even if I do something, I'll just keep on beating up myself. Like, And I think their communities really helped me. And seeing other people grow and progress. And having people around me who pushed me like my leader would say, Oh, Nelly, you accomplished this. That's that's really great. Next time. He'll give me an opportunity to now grow that further, giving mm. me more um, opportunities within the team to grow. Because I feel like at that time, I didn't even have enough confidence in myself to feel like I can do this. That's right? such an important point. It's like, it's not just you can't be the only one to advocate for yourself. You need to have the people in your team that yeah. are advocating yeah. for you. If exactly. You yeah. And I was yeah. very lucky I had that. Uh, until to a point where I got, I realized like, you know, I also need to advocate for myself. Mm. Because now it gets to a point where someone can't know everything that you do, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to be very proactive, especially in a workplace, to share with people your, um, what you do. Um, And in my culture, the culture I grew up in Kenya, there's like a lot of tendency to be um, like if you speak about what you do, it's considered bragging. Yes. But then you live in this world where you're not proud of yourself or the work that you do. And if you do that, you feel like you're a prideful person. So it took a lot for me to even get that out of that shell where I felt like I am proud of this work. I really worked hard mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. I went through so many challenges to come up with this. I learned a lot. And I'm really proud of it because once people learn about that, then now they can give even more opportunities. Right? Exactly. That journey of unlearning then learning is yeah. quite a challenging one. So unlearning those beliefs that, oh, if I talk about my success and people are going to think this and I'm going to be a boastful person to actually learning that, well, if I want to get promoted and progress within the company, this is just something that I need to learn how to do mm-hmm. because I feel like there's a ten with those beliefs comes the fact that you know, oh, I'm going on a tangent here, no, no, but it's no. just it's just the fact that it just especially for women, like a lot of us have those internalized beliefs that mm. if we talk about our accomplishments, um, it will be seen as bra- bragful and all these things. But 
this is why sometimes we're not progressing the way that we see other people are because other people are talking about doing the bare minimum and they're talking about it Mm -hmm. like it's the greatest new most innovative thing ever so yeah I completely resonate with the fact that you had to unlearn that and then relearn and just how challenging that journey is yeah Yeah. because if you're not shouting about your wins and you're not like taking the time to recognize them then you could lose your motivation right like you might not even yeah yeah. I think it's really important like for your own recognition to see that you're making that progress and then like you said Amber like making sure that everybody else is seeing it so they can Mm. recognize your progress too yeah because even you in the last part in the first part um <laughs> you're talking about the fact that someone didn't know that you were able to do a project the mm. one when you took over from the yeah, senior dev yeah. and and that's another reason why it's so important for you to be able to communicate what you can do because then they'll be like oh nelly can do this exactly. but why is it nelly the senior on the team <laughs> you know what i mean exactly. so yeah 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 and just being okay with feeling uncomfortable about knowing not knowing anything yeah, yeah. i feel like if you find yourself, especially in tech, where you're feeling like comfortable, you're just doing bare minimum at work, <laughs> you need to check yourself because <laughs> quite quitting, not today, people, not today. But more like, ambition than that. You could, <laughs> you could be doing so many interesting stuff. So I'd say just push yourself, even if it means, you know, that feeling of being uncomfortable. Okay, probably I'm talking about it because I enjoy it. It sometimes is so scary. Someone has given me this task, especially now that I'm in a new role. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Every single day, I'm just like, oh my god, I feel like <laughs> I, I'm so scared. Like, yeah, especially the role I have is that a customer comes to you expecting you to know everything. Mm. Oh, They're, you're like a, the line of, you know, I'm speaking to this person so that they can help me with this challenge that the documentation is not helping me. Mm. So you get comfortable even just saying, I don't know right now, but. Uh, give me some time I'll get back to you with the right answer mm. and just being comfortable saying I don't know and then going to seek that information come back and also looking for people to help you so saying something like I have a colleague who knows about this let me just talk to them and then they can help and then you learn as well right all right so now what the people need to know top <laughs> phrases if you don't know something what is the go-to phrases for us to say if you don't know something uh ooh. If I if you don't know something, yeah. If I ask you a question, you don't know the answer. What's what, the, what's what, the go-to what phrases for us to say? Uh, I usually just say, "Sorry, I don't know what uh, I don't know that." But I'm happy to go back, do some research, and then get back to you on it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, I feel like even in interviews, no point just saying just. Actually, <laughs> I'd rather. I find it funny because if it was me, I'd just probably be rambling. Oh my god, I just don't even know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> you just you especially in tech because there's just like it's you walk around a lot of facts yeah what can you it's just better to say i don't know and also it just shows like you have like a growth mindset yeah i was gonna right? say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you are open to learning something new and it's okay that you don't know it's my favorite part of the episode <laughs> what is the tech team nelly will be spilling the tea on something controversial in the tech industry so nelly data privacy What's the tea? Uh, yeah. I'm not an expert in data privacy. I feel like it's one of those field areas where there's so many lawyers, so I can't speak too much on that. But my opinion is around, um, I know there's a lot of talk around um, data privacy, especially our data. And with GDPR, which came out, now every website you go to has like the cookie concept, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's okay to accept it so that they can give you better advice. Like, 
companies are doing it right now just to pass the law and regulations. But being someone who knows how websites are built behind the scenes, if someone decides to be a bad actor and go for you, they can actually go, I feel like they can just go for you and, you know, steal your data. Mm. So I think it's just becoming more comfortable and introducing better regulations around it and also being, um, I, I'm not finding the right word, but just being a good human being as we build software, especially mm. software developers, to ensure that we call out this type of behaviors in like when you're building the product, just say, why do we need that customer information to do what? What type of information is that for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I feel like we have more voices than the people who are seeing the cookie concept. Have you ever clicked on it and seen like the tiny information there? Oh my it? goodness. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. And the user experience is terrible. terrible. Yeah. I'm seeing it get better now, mm. progressively. Like it's actually easier now to reject all cookies. But babes, the untoggling of the things, I don't have time. So back in the day, accept all. Wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, Yeah. Wouldn't even think about it. But it's just like, it's so good. The fact that you're even calling out the fact that it's it's actually quite dangerous. It's so normalized when you go on a website. We expect the pop-up. If the pop-up isn't there, I'm like, oh, this is a nice experience. It's really interesting that you you're saying that the responsibility lies on us that are in those meetings that we're talking about building that feature and around the data that we might need from a user in order to to build that feature. How do you think we can best advocate for the user's needs? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I feel like we should put ourselves in the shoes of the users. Most of the time, most of the products that we build, we use them. Mm. So we can better advocate for all types of users and I feel like the field around especially accessibility is important Mm. yes and as well as making sure that the people in the meeting are diverse like you're listening to everyone in that meeting and making sure it's not same type of individual in those meetings so that you have varied opinions um and another way we could advocate for um for users is feeling comfortable to call out that when you see that, especially even if it's not the website that you build, someone else's website and being involved around that type of research. Sometimes I feel like, yes, we want to make the money, but we also have to think about how we make that money mm. and think about how this user information is being used and who's being hurt. Because if you don't think about how um, how that's going to affect your users, then I feel like you're failing the users. Absolutely. Yeah, especially yeah. if the cookies aren't required. Trust and believe when I'm booking them flights, right? I'm clearing all cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, when you try to search for something, they don't know what I'm talking about. When I'm trying to log in, they don't yeah. get any of my details. The required cookies, they're good. But it's when like they're taking stuff that I wouldn't even think that they're able to get this information just from me clicking on something, just from me checking out mm. something in my car, it's quite disturbing almost. Yeah, and I feel like especially personal information that, you know, you'd want to be, like, let's say your health da- data. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You want to share it with someone that you know, this is where my information would be. But if someone decides to take that information and feed it into some other system that you're not aware of mm. or sell it, then I feel like that's where, you know, you 
you need to make the user aware. If you want to use their data for that, I feel like it's it's fine because you have to do research has to happen. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the average tech consumer isn't going to be aware of like when they're submitting their personal data, the the strength and resilience of the security team mm. of that company that's then storing their data. That's Literally. a really good point. Yeah. Like I'm seeing my Fitbit kick all 11,000 steps and I don't know that that data is going to somewhere else. Who? Yeah. What are you guys doing with that? <laughs> I just want to know. Yeah. Okay, it's time to wrap up the episode. Um, I'd like to ask if you have one final parting piece of advice for somebody that wants to emulate like such a varied career because from my perspective I'm somebody that did a boot camp learn decided very early on that I really loved back end and that's what I wanted to do and I've been there since it's been two years now nearly that I'm in a back end role and I don't know there is like a lot of fear around like if I was to move into front end I might not I'd have to start from the beginning or I don't know how I would do it um so I just wanted to know if you have any advice for somebody that is quite deep in a specialty um, and is considering like switching it up because you've done it quite a few times successfully. <laughs> Very successfully. <laughs> I, oh, that's a really good question. And I, I, um, I feel like the reason why I did it is because I, I find something new that I want to try out um, and I find interesting. But as well as I give myself opportunities to test out different things, even mm-hmm. if I'm like, let's say you're, you're doing Android programming right now. So I would say building a website just to see how the field is, mm-hmm. right? Could be a way to test out the front end area. Um, so that's how I started with most of this. I'll be doing something right now. And then there'll be a need in the team, let's say, to for someone who, like, let's say when we were doing Angular Dress, there was a need in the team to move to React. So I started moving mm-hmm. into React. So I made that like one of my development goals. Let me try this out. It looks really interesting. And then eventually moved to a team doing React full time. And then started doing GitHub, like the pipelines, developer pipelines. Then I found myself doing GitHub Actions, open source GitHub Actions. And then loving that. And then looking for another opportunity now to Mm. switch. I think the key thing is that probably I need to mention is that it doesn't mean that I wiped up all my, you know, previous skills. Obviously for things like, let's say, if I'm switching from a front end, uh, uh, language to let's say like maybe I'm doing JavaScript to go that's a complete switch right but you will see patterns right like now I'm doing Go programming Ooh. that's me learning from scratch but mm-hmm. it's like and I'm contributing to open source through that it's just like a, I see patterns within it that maybe I saw in Java programming or mm-hmm, JavaScript mm-hmm. so it's like now I get a new type of skill where it's like you become like pattern matching stuff oh that's <laughs> so cool that's really cool so i feel like when you think about transitioning it's more like how do i use my existing skills to help me branch into this new field and make them which is similar to how like someone t- talks about oh i'm i want to break into tech it's just the yeah. same philosophy yeah yeah i would never say you know break into tech and forget all those skills that you've been working on mm-hmm. And sometimes they make you even such a unique, uh, amazing individual because of such unique skills that you carry mm. with you. Uh, like, let's say if you did like geography and then you switch to doing tech. I don't even understand how your brain works at that point. Cause I <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, how do you solve problems must be like amazing when you think about them, like 
you would think about them. I I'm, this is just me making up stuff, but maybe you think about it from a perspective of oh, okay, this is a word I used to learn in geography and around. Uh, let's say the world, mm-hmm. and now I can think about like this programming languages in those terms. So that's how I think. Like let's say this is how I used to this, this, do this in JavaScript, but now I'm doing Go. This is how we do it. So if I look at an if statement in JavaScript and one in Go, I'll start writing it off in JavaScript, and then I realize, oh, it's just a few things that I need to move yeah, here and there. Yeah. It's the same it. thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like I'm learning a new skills. So I'd say, like, if you want to, to, to do that or looking into that, you can switch using an existing skill and start from there. Yeah. Just test out the waters. Using stuff like open source is great. No, yeah, that's great. The syntax thing was a big problem. Yeah. I used to be, I used to love Python back in the day. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anyone. It's a secret <laughs> between us. And um, I remember when I was trying to learn JavaScript, I'd be so annoyed because I'd be able to solve the problem in Python. So it wasn't the problem solving aspect. Yeah. It was more the syntax. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. so And I think that's a good uh, aspect of looking at it. It's kind of like it makes you now see side by side that as much as you want to learn something new it doesn't mean that everything's going to be new mm. some things will be new but most of like let's say the complex part which i think is a problem solving how to solve it that's sorted it's yeah. like this the syntax uh which can also be quite complex but yeah and that's a it's a great thing to do yeah we had someone recently join the team who um it's their first engineering role but they had trained formerly as an architect and gone to university mm-hmm. done a master's and now is in a back-end role and even then for them understanding the concepts of being able to engineer and, and like a higher level like building something from scratch they already have some fundamentals even uh-huh. if it's a completely different industry yeah. Um, yeah, so I love that point. Ooh, that's really cool. But yeah, I think that's us. Okay. It's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. I've had so much. How do you guys feel? Yeah, I'm, feel? I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, my story's so great. I'm inspired by me. <laughs> no, no it is so much, yeah. Nelly. Um, yeah. We've loved having you today. Um, I'd really love to know where we can keep up with you. Where do you post and how can yeah. we find out more about what you do? I'm not quite active in social media, but you can find me on LinkedIn, Nelly Kiboy, on Twitter, Nelly Kiboy. Yeah, those are the two platforms I actively use. And GitHub, Nelly K. I think that's correct. Yeah. But if you Google my name, you'll be able to find me on. Oh, she's Googleable. <laughs> that's <laughs> a flex. That's a flex. <laughs> no, I'm sure if you find Google, you guys are, it's, it'll be the same. Jesse's 100% Googleable. For you too. All the resources that we spoke about will be available in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Tune in next week. Until then, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Available on all major podcast platforms.